Welcome to the Purdue Commercial Agcast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. I'm your host, Jim Mintert, Director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture. And joining me today is Michael Langemeyer, Professor of Ag Economics here at Purdue. We're going to review the results from the November Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer Survey of Farmers from across the nation. Each month, we survey 400 farmers across the U.S. to learn more about their perspective on the ag economy. This month's Ag Barometer Survey was conducted shortly after the November election with data collection from November 9th through the 13th of November. And you know, Michael, the results this month were really interesting. We saw a decline in the barometer just a month ago. We were at record high, 183. This month's reading, 167, so down 16 points. And I can't say that I was shocked we saw a little bit of a decline, but I was a little surprised at the magnitude of the decline. How about you? Yeah, I would concur. I, I expected a slight decline uh, because we because I, I thought maybe the index of, of future expectations might decline a little bit, but nothing to the nothing uh, you know nothing uh, to compared to the magnitude of what we saw this last month. Yeah, and speaking of the index of current conditions and future expectations, let's just take a look at that because that really kind of tells the story behind the scenes in terms of why the barometer shifted the way it did. And we saw a pretty sharp decline in the index of future expectations. A month ago, record high, 186. This month, 156, a decline of 30 points. Um, and at the same time, the index of current conditions actually rose. And that was the part you know that we expected given the strength that we've seen in commodity prices. Um, so the index of current conditions went from a reading of 178 last month to 187, but that small rise was not enough to outweigh that large decline in the index of future expectations. And again, I, I just didn't expect to see that magnitude of a decline in that future expectation index. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, 30 point decline, uh, given the fact that, you know, if you look at 2021, at least from a crop net return prospect, the prospects in fall of 2020. 21 looked just as good as they did the month before. And so to see that big a decline, what was a surprise? And, you know, if you look at some of the other uh, data that we collect, um, well, you know, the Farm Capital Investment Index softened, but not much. Uh, last month was record high at 82. This month it came in at 80. So a very small decline. That still puts that Farm Capital Investment Index above where it was back in February before the pandemic got underway. And, you know, that suggests people are still um, relatively optimistic about the future, but if they're willing to make, uh, consider make those large investments in their farming operations. So a little bit of a mixed bag there in terms of that sharp decline in the index of future expectations versus uh, some of the other information we collected. Do you agree with that? Yes, and I think part of what may be going on here is we're looking at some pretty solid profits uh, for a lot of different farm types in 2020. And so perhaps uh, people are thinking about using some of those strong profits in 2020 uh, to invest in farm capital. Yeah, I suppose uh, this is a critical period for farm machinery sales, for example. Uh, the fourth quarter is normally a time frame when people evaluate their operation and think about making some investments. Uh, some people are probably looking at higher taxable income than they would have expected just a few months ago. 
And that typically leads to some year-end purchases. It's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out. I noticed uh, in the press releases recently that John Deere is forecasting a, a higher revenue. They've actually boosted their revenue forecast for the upcoming year uh, based in part on the fact that they're expecting uh, higher sales. So our related question on farm machinery, of course, is where we ask people point blank, uh, what are their plans for farm machinery purchases in the upcoming year compared to a year ago? And a little bit like the Farm Capital Investment Index, we saw a little softer response here, but not a big change. I think, uh, let's see, the percentage of folks that said they were going to increase their purchases declined from 14% in October to 10% in November. Uh, the percentage that said they would reduce their uh, expenditures on farm machinery uh, rose from 33% in October to 40% in uh, November. And I you know, I can't say that I'm surprised that we saw a little shift there, but it, even that one was maybe a little larger than I would have expected, given how strong things are in the current environment with respect to commodity prices and also the government payments that we've received this fall. The fact that the fact that the the about the same is, is quite a bit higher in the November survey compared to uh, to to March 2020 and. and uh, you know, which was which approximately the time that COVID started, I think it's pretty important to point out. And also the lower, even though it's 40%, uh, that's still quite a bit lower than what it was in March and April. Yeah, so it's a it's a, still a much more positive picture than what we we're looking at uh, in, in the spring and even to some extent the early summer. Um, but the shift on a one-month basis, I, well, I, I think that's going to be a question we're going to want to monitor pretty closely in, in the next couple of months and see how that changes over time. Particularly December, as people make a lot of lot of end of the year decisions on on machine repurchases. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, of course, we ask people about farmland values and looking at people's farmland price expectations for the next twelve months. There wasn't a big change here. I think twenty seven percent expected higher farmland prices last month. This month, it was twenty six percent. So virtually no change there. And on the lower farmland prices, it went from 9% expecting farmland values to decline to 11% this month. So um, I'd call that almost a no change situation, although the direction was uh, a little less positive than it was last month. What, what was your take on the farmland? This is values? another one we're going to want to watch very closely uh, because because both of us I, I both of us believe that there's upward pressure on farmland values, and 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 so as as this plays out, the next two or three months will be interesting to see uh, how what percent think there's going to be higher farmland prices. Yeah, one of the challenges you have with a survey like this is we're surveying a broad group of people, not necessarily focusing on the folks that are perhaps uh, in a position to make purchases. And at least uh, some of the early evidence would suggest those that are actually out there as acting as buyers are, are willing to pay higher prices. I think that's been the feedback we've received really all fall, right? That's a very important point. A lot of the people that we survey really have no intention of buying land in 2021. Yeah. Uh, so we've been asking people about trade and specifically trade with China on an ongoing basis now going back to the summer of 2019. And one of the questions we've been asking is, do you think the trade dispute with China will ultimately be resolved in a way that benefits U.S. agriculture? And I think this coincides with what we saw with the index of future expectations. But again, it's still a little bit of a surprise to me, given what's taken place with China. People were less optimistic about the trade dispute being resolved in a way that was beneficial to U.S. Ag than the last time we asked the question. Now, we didn't ask this question the last couple of months. The last time we asked it 
was in June. Back in June, 65% of the respondents said that they thought the dispute would be resolved in a way that was beneficial to U.S. ag. This month, it was down to 50%. Um, I wish we had asked this in October, uh, so we had a little more short-run comparison, but still, I'm a little surprised. How about you? I was quite surprised at this one, and you know, it, this is consistent with the with the drop in the index of future expectations. Uh, but everything I've read, uh, you know, the trade with China is very positive right now, and so I just did not expect uh, expect uh, the percentage that think that answered yes would drop 15 points. Yeah, and a related question we asked people about whether or not they expected to see China fulfill its. Um, phase one trade agreement with the U.S. and the percentage expecting that declined as well. Now, that's a little more complicated because of the timing issue. But nevertheless, uh, people, despite the fact that China has jumped in and made some relatively large purchases the last couple of months, um, expressed some maybe longer term skepticism, I guess, is how I'd put that. Um, So one of the things we did this month uh, in preparation for uh, the election is really based on what happened in 2016. In 2016, we saw a sharp rise in the barometer following the election. And and, uh, I think truthfully, we were a little surprised at the time that we would see a big response to the barometer with respect to election results. So this time around, we tried to get, prepare for that a little bit. And so we asked some questions in October, and then we repeated those questions in November with the idea that we wanted to look and see if there was a change in people's attitudes from October to November. And so we're going to focus on uh, five different questions that we asked. And uh, one of them was about environmental regulations. One was about estate taxes. One was about income taxes. Uh, one was about the farm income safety net provided by government programs. And the other one was about support for the ethanol industry. And we all, each of these questions, both in October and November, was asked in a way that asked the survey respondents' opinion about what was likely to happen over the next five years. So let's kind of review those results because they're pretty interesting. Let's start with the environmental one, Michael. I'll let you start with that one. Yes, and again, this, these, the answers to these questions, I think, are really, are really closely related to the drop in index of future expectations. So I want to make that point first. Uh, but I, I expected uh, that, that, that individuals would say that they, they expect more restrictions on the environmental regulation, uh, given the way the 2020 election played out. But this increased from 41% in October to 77% in November. Uh, just an extremely large increase in those that are worried about uh, restrictions uh, related to environmental regulations. And to put that in perspective, you know, last time around following the 2016 election, we asked some probing questions later on. And last time around, people told us that they were expecting a less restrictive uh, set of environmental regulations looking ahead following the 2016 election. So this really kind of flip-flops from that but maybe the results are, I'd say, a little more dramatic than what we saw last time. Yeah, and I think the, the, the also the questions related to estate taxes and income taxes were also quite interesting. In October, forty uh, percent thought they thought uh, thought there would be, might be higher estate taxes. Thirty five percent thought there might be higher income taxes. That increased to sixty six percent. Uh, for both the state taxes and income taxes. And so 66% uh, thought that there was going to be higher income taxes and estate taxes. And so very large increases in the percentage that thought we were going to have higher taxes. 
Yeah, indeed. And then you look at the last couple of questions. We asked people about the farm income safety net provided by government programs and uh, whether or not they expected to see a change in support for the ethanol industry. Um, and overwhelmingly, people told us they thought that we would see a weaker farm income safety net uh, over the next five years. That percentage changed from 18% expecting a weaker safety net in October to 35% in the November survey. And when we asked about whether or not they expected to see a, a change in support for the ethanol industry, in October, 17% of the respondents said they expected to see decreased support for ethanol over the next five years. Um, in October, excuse me, in November, that jumped to 33%, so almost double. So across the board, um, and you, you kind of started out this way, Michael, these questions all give us some insight as to why that index of future expectations declined so sharply. Uh, that 30-point decline in the index of future expectations appears to be driven by these five questions, an expectation for stricter or more restrictive environmental regulations, higher estate taxes, higher income taxes, um, possibility of a weaker farm income safety net, and reduced support for the ethanol industry. And there could be some other factors as well, but those happen to be the ones we pose questions on on both October and November. But overwhelmingly, those all suggest people have a less optimistic view about the future than they did before uh, the election. And obviously, we don't know for sure if it was the election that drove that. We just know that there was a change from October to November. But uh, the big event that took place between those two surveys really was the election. So very interesting set of results. We're going to follow up on this in uh, December and get some more insight with respect to what was driving people's change in sentiment. And of course, it'll be very interesting to see what takes place. Any, any concluding comments there, Michael? Yeah, related to the weaker farm, farm income safety net, uh, we also asked a question that, that's related to that, uh, the likelihood for government to provide additional stimulus in 2021. Obviously, that's following, following up on, on the payments coming from the CARES Act in 2020 and the MFP payments in 2018 and 2019. And the percent that thought it was we were likely uh, to get additional stimulus in 2021 dropped from 49% in October to 35% in November. So very consistent with that weaker farm income safety net question. Yeah, indeed. Well, Michael, that kind of wraps up our discussion for today. Uh, so for our listeners, for more details about the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer, you can go to our website, uh, purdue.edu slash agbarometer. Uh, it's also available on the Center for Commercial Agriculture's website as well. Uh, and I also invite our listeners to join us for our next fall corn and soybean outlook webinar that's coming up following the release of USDA's December crop production and WASDE reports on Friday, December 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those WASDE and crop production reports will come out on Thursday the 10th. And so our webinar will be the following day, the 11th. And you can register for the webinar at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. So I encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And on behalf of Michael Langemeyer and the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture, I'm Jim Mintert. Thanks for listening.